This is NRL Boom Rookies. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of NRL Boom Rookies. I am Matt Bungard. Alongside me as always, Mitch Doyle. Hello. Good day everybody. And here we are, the 15th, the penultimate of our season team previews. And uh, 15th is probably a number that fans of this team should get well, should be <laughs> trying to get themselves acquainted with already. <laughs> you idiot. Because it's the St. George Illawarra Dragons. And joining us is my former Fox Sports colleague, now producer at SEN, Nathan Brooks. Hello. Gents, how are we? Yeah, 15th. <laughs> <laughs> Thought it was fitting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, we 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 wanted to have you on last, but uh, scheduling conflicts. Uh, that, that joke would have been better. But anyway. Uh, yeah. So it's no. The Broncos, no, the Broncos no, person. No one would have known that bunga. Like, <laughs> you just said last. <laughs> Only That's me and you would have known. <laughs> well, yeah. But what if Nathan leaked secrets to the to the wider world? But the scandal that could come as a result would bury us. So. Yeah. yeah. All right. So we've come to the St George Illawarra Dragons. Um, Brooksy, um, I guess we'll start from last year, uh, work our way up. So, I mean, what, what were your takeaways from last year and sort of into this year in terms of your feelings towards the team? Well, we didn't come 15th again, which was a good one. Uh, <laughs> we got 12th, which I thought was fair. Uh, the team showed some promise, but definitely showed some signs of where they uh, truly sat in the league. Uh, they, I guess with uh, Mary's departure, it enabled uh, Dean Young to play some of the younger guys as well. So we saw a few of the younger guys come through and excel. I thought uh, giving Cody Ramsey a debut last year was uh, great. And we had, so I think we saw what we saw, Tristan Saylor and we saw Jaden Sullivan get a bit of a run, Adam Clune, obviously. So, yeah, I think the writing was on the wall two-thirds of the way through the season, and it was sort of looking ahead towards 2021. So, yeah, I thought it was a fair a fair finish, the Dragons finishing 12th. Uh, yeah, the, it was a disappointing year. I think it has been disappointing since 2018 yeah. where there was promise in that. And Mitch, we saw the Dragons-Broncos game and then Bungers, we saw the Dragons-Rabbitohs game in that final series. So, yeah, it was... It was tough to see the last two seasons after what could have been, but yeah, it it it, it, is, it has been a bit of a tough <laughs> two years for Dragons fans, and I think yeah, last year was a pretty pretty fair result. Yeah, it, it's a tough one, and obviously, you look ahead to this year, and obviously, the, I mean, the Jack the Bellin scandal is just going to keep dragging on. I mean, that that's 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 obviously a, an issue at the club, and who knows how much that uh, who knows how much of an impact that is. Ha- having on the squad just hanging over their heads the whole time and then we've got already had Corey Norman getting suspended for a week for off-field issues and yeah I mean it, it's it's not exactly and then I mean Anthony Griffin had uh, some uh, controversial views of his uh, aired it before he even signed on the dotted line as a Dragons coach uh, leaked uh, exclusively by NRL <laughs> Um, <laughs> um, Exclusive access to his likes. <laughs> we, we broke that story, as far as I'm concerned. But the point is, um, yeah, not exactly the ideal preparation coming into 2021. I wouldn't have thought, mate. No, I think the Cam- Cameron McInnes stuff, both the signing and the uh, injury, has been tough to take. It, yeah. it really has. It happened within a week. I think it was probably like seven or eight days, and. 
it's just not the best way to start a new regime. But I think the I think what it has done, it has put a lot of players under the microscope. If you're going to do that to your player that was back-to-back player of the year for the club, to show that sort of, I guess, respect or lack thereof um, in terms of the way they dealt with his contract situation, I think that's going to put some um, uh, put some fires under a few players, pretty much like Corey Norman, um, definitely Ben Hunt. He's been given the given the captaincy, so it'll be interesting to see what happens there. I think Paul Vaughan, Tarek Sims, Matt Dufty, those sort of players that have you know they've, they've either played with a couple of clubs or in Dufty's case, he's been given a fair shot at the fullback position. I think this is an exciting. Uh, part of what Griffin has done decision-wise in terms of letting McInnes go because he's going to show these players who have probably been so subpar over the last year or so uh, that, you know, no one's safe. It's weird to see some positivity from a Dragons fan, at least a little bit of positivity <laughs> this off-season, but it's good that you didn't come under here and, uh, and join the Wallow. So I guess it is the spin you can put on it, at least that if you're going to try and turn the club around, you know, you drop the hammer on Cam McInnes. I guess he's sacrificial lamb, but I'd be more concerned that the replacement they've chosen is Andrew McCulloch. I don't know how you feel about that one, but as a Broncos fan, I'm perplexed that the club's fought over him, but even more perplexed that he got a three-year deal that he apparently said to the board that he's happy to hang his hat on McCulloch, judging by McCulloch. But yeah, what do you think about that signing? Yeah, it's it's interesting because you, we did see the whole McInnesing play out, and then you see McCulloch's name in the media as the potential replacement, and it's like, well, with all due respect to Andrew, different different t- times in their career, and probably Andrew's played his best footy, and he he'll be good for experience, but it's such a crucial position and particularly what Cam McInnes has done at the Dragons in terms of play in the 13, play at hooker, which has enabled Ben Hunt to get some sort of, I don't know, consistency, if you'd like to call it that, uh, <laughs> over the last few years. But yeah, it, it is tough. It's, it's, it's really tough to see someone like that. And, and we also lost Tyson Frizzell mm. over the last. So we've basically lost our two best players in, from the past probably two, three seasons maybe in one one pretty much off season before we've played round one. So that's gonna that's gonna be tough. And yeah, back to the Andrew McCulloch thing, I think yeah, it it's not a like for like, let's just put it that way. Mm. Yeah, that's fair. Um I is there anyone that you are looking you mentioned that microscope that a lot of the veteran players will be under. Is there anyone who you think is going to rise to the task who's Anyone you think's in for a big year? 100%. I think Zach Lomax. I think mm. uh, he's going to have a cracking year. I think he'll be in origin. I think he's going to – he'll be up there in the statistic categories for centers. Like, he looked good late in that charity shield, and I think he showed that if he can if he can demand the ball a bit more and get the ball, and particularly in the attacking half, like, I think – I think there is some promise there. We saw it late last year where he was forming that combination with Matt Dufty. I think there was a couple of games where they both just, they single-handedly won won them the game, in particular the Titans one up at Suncorp, I remember. But yeah, I think he's up for a big season. I think someone that we've sort of heard in the off-season through like interviews with Matty Elliott and, um, and uh, Hook and 
just some of the players, Jackson Ford, and he's, I guess, the guy that's going to pretty much try to replace what Tyson Frizzell provided. But yeah, I've, I've seen I've seen him play back in the Jeringong days and seen him come through. And I think he's someone that we can really be excited about for the next few years. Hopefully we can keep him. But yeah, I think he's definitely someone that will be uh, a star dragon in the next few years. And you've got Cody Ramsey, Josh Kerr, Jaden Sullivan. I think they're players that we can sort of be excited for the next 12 months. Yeah, are there any... Oh, Mitch, you got any veterans uh, that you, you uh, think? I was going to say Jackson Ford's one I've liked for a while and it felt like such a slow burn. His, his arrival in first grade that it was just not going to happen. If you get me, it was like they just kept not giving him a chance. I thought this guy's just never going to get get a run, is he? But now it looks like he's got an opposite, uh, sorry, opportunity to make a position his, which is good for him at that 23 years old kind of where you cut, you know, you cut your teeth as a, as a, as a forward. So we'll see how he goes there. Zach Lomax is one who... It's bizarre how he ended up like they paid him to be a fullback. It lasted one or two weeks or whatever. It doesn't really matter. He was one of the best centers in the competition last year. So I'm fully with you there that he probably should have played Origin this this series as an actual center. And he probably will play it this year. And I think that's probably where the hope sits with the veterans. And the young fellas you mentioned, I really like Jaden Sullivan. But I just don't know how he gets minutes. Like, I don't know if they have the balls yet to go ahead and move like Corey Norman out of the, the six or something. I don't know where his minutes come from early in the year. Yeah, it's 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 a tough yeah. one. And it is it, tough. It's it's Norman's last year too. Also, yeah. I think you're on a bit of a delay, so I didn't know if you were going to talk or not. But um, yeah. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I was going to say though, like it, it's crazy that if Jack Bird stays fit, you can make an argument that they've got the best center pairing in the league, which is insane to say for a team that most people are picking to get the wooden spoon, but it's certainly for them a position of strength. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you, Mitch, in terms of the the Jack Bird signing. Like you've you've seen McCulloch, you've seen him, you've sort of got a taste of Peter Jennell as well. So from a Broncos perspective. Like, what are you thinking about all these? Um, right. I, I guess it's probably a good thing for you. <laughs> but tell us what you think about um, what Dragons fans are installed or got installed for those three guys. I feel sorry for you guys. Like, for everybody who's followed me on Twitter or you listen to this podcast for more than two years knows I'm not an Anthony Griffin fan. And it's, a lot of it just comes down to him being just boring in all facets. You know, just like he's a, he's boring to listen to. He's a boring at press conference. His footy is boring. Even when they're winning at Penrith, they were boring when they followed his game plan and they were good when they broke out of game plans back into games. But just boring to me. And then I think the signings are the same. Bucket. <laughs> like like, I, like Jack Bird felt like he was always going to end up back at the Dragons. I felt like that was just going to happen at some point. And that's been a weird off-season too, how he was training in the forwards all till like two weeks ago. And then he said, actually, I want to play in the centres. So he's back in the centres now. But that just... Bird's a guy, his whole career's mystified me. He's a man who's just never happy and the grass is always greener. Like he's always looking, I want to play over there. I want to go to that club. I want to go elsewhere. But it's the main thing that's truly bizarre to me, mate, is like how you've got like three of the 2013 Broncos that sucked. Like that's three of your key players. Like, yeah. why is it the year he wants to relive? It was like the, before the wooden spoon, that was our worst season. So like, and that's like the, the the group you've reunited. That's what's weird. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, 
And Peter Gentle, I don't know enough about him, mate. He seems like a really nice fella, like one of those, you know, um, good for the boys types of assistants. So maybe it might deal better with with Griffin's, you know, harder approach. Maybe there might be a better balance. But it's really hard for me to try and breathe positivity into the things you've done since you let Mary go for Dragons fans. And it's good that you're trying, but, mate, I can't do it. <laughs> yeah. No, you, you're right. Like, I thought I'd come on here and try and talk some positivity into what we can look forward to. But in all honesty, I, I think we're looking at 15th. I honestly do. Like, I think we could probably get to 10th if everything plays out. But it is going to be tough. I think there's a lot of the teams that I think you look at the Bulldogs in particular that are probably going to improve. Like probably not too much, but I don't think we like the Titans with they're, they're probably that Leicester City sort of finish off the season well. Who knows where they can end up? And then you look at some of the other Sydney teams. Like I, I, I think they've all they've all improved. Manly's going to be. Um, yeah, that's a challenger. You know, about let's <laughs> see how Tommy Travojevic goes, how Kieran Foran goes. But I think, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's um, I, I think we're going to sit right near the bottom of the ladder. I, and that's it's at the end of the day, you've got to be optimistic about the team. You can't be writing off the team before kickoff of round one. But yeah, it, it, when you look at the other teams in the league, I think we're going to we're probably going to take a step back. Yeah. You just seem to be totally lacking, like in like the four pack to me. It just seems to be just no one inspires me. Forget me. Like I mean, Paul Vaughan is a good player still, but he's he's not as good as he was a couple of years ago. The Trent Marion thing couldn't have gone worse. Couldn't uh, you know? As you said, I don't mind Jackson Ford. I hope Tar- Tarek Sims has a bounce back season as well. But yeah, it's not a whole lot I see there that excites me. I actually like a lot of your young outside backs, but there's no there's no use in them. If the four pack isn't rolling, really, it doesn't matter how good your backs are. Yeah, not now in 2020 and 2021, where the rules have changed and it's a faster game and you're going to need that go forward. Yeah. I think we're going to be at the bottom in terms of that run meters, sort of up the middle, too. So, yeah, it just feels we'll to me like Ben Hunt's been set up to fail just with everything. And it just, I, I do genuinely feel bad for him, as bad as you can feel for a guy making a million dollars a year, but I've always liked him as a player. And I just think that he's going to get all the blame this year when things go wrong. He's the captain. He's the guy. He's the million dollar man. All this blah blah blah. But you're right. Their forwards are probably just going to get bashed every week. And what halfback could succeed in those conditions? Yeah, and I, I guess the thing is though, Bun is like he's his signing is sort of the catalyst of where we are now, right? Like we've had Mary pin his hopes on Ben Hunt and that he would form a good combination with Gareth Widdop. Widdop busted his shoulder and wanted to leave, which which allowed Norman to come into the club. And the Norman-Hunt combination, I don't think, has been a success. Uh, it hasn't been a, probably a pass for what we're spending. And Yeah, 100%, mate. It, it'd be near two minutes of the salary cap, hey? Yes. And that that that, that Mary and, and Millwood have pinned their hopes on this combination and building around that. Albeit they've got they've had some great signings, like you said about Vaughan and and what we've been talking about about McInnes and how influential he's been. They've been great signings. I, mm. I I didn't necessarily like the McInnes signing when we had like Reese Robson coming through and some other some other hookers there, but they they nailed that. And unfortunately, we're letting him go because of cap restrictions. But yeah, we've got we've got a fifth of our cap locked into those halves. 
Uh, Norman's on his last last year, so we'll see that probably he won't be getting paid that if he does come back. Yeah. But yeah, is, Clunan, is it, yeah, is it Norman like? One of the great escape artists. He's been in the NRL for like a decade and he's just Teflon, mate. Like he gets a bit of blame now, but he's like being uh, a, like a guy with potential for a decade on never been on a good team really outside of like half a season in that whole period. And he just seems because he wears a six, not a seven. He never gets shit. And he gets like, paid nearly as much as Ben Hart, but not yes. quite as much. So <laughs> yes. he doesn't get blamed. He doesn't get any blame. And I feel like that was that whole signing was awkward from the moment with Widdop. And then the widow thing, as you said, you kind of nailed it there that the hunt thing started it, and then Corey Norman's been a cherry on top of the shit sandwich of what that combination's kind of become for you guys. And it's not really one you can get out of easily because Hunt's got another like, I mean, I don't think you want to get out of Ben Hunt anyway. You've made him bloody captain, but he's got another, what, two years on the deal after this At year. Least, yeah. It's tough. Yeah. And the, the thing with Norman too is as a fan and you, if you follow socials, you're seeing the fingers after um, Golden Point field goals. You see him on the fence scoring that winning try against Canterbury. So he's been in the face of some of those wins. So I guess to a general Dragons fan, you sort of link him towards some of the minor successes over the last few years. Yeah. And, and that's the sort of tough thing because I think the keen Dragon sort of knows that, yeah, he has been in those moments, but... He, there should be more of them with him. There should yes. definitely be more of them. He he seems to be happy to float along for mine in, in first grade games. And the games are tough or similar. A lot of games have float along. And he stood up against the Broncos or in other games, but like he's too old to be a player, too mature to only stand up in on occasion. He should be every week one of those guys. But yeah. And the Ben Hunt, mate, like yeah. I feel as you guys said, I feel sorry for him. I knew when he went to your lot, it's one of those things that it was just I didn't want to lose him at Brisbane, but it's, he had to take that money. But like that's just like putting that pressure on that dude just didn't feel like it was ever going to be a long-term successful strategy. And yeah, it's just hard to build around that when he hasn't really lived up to it. But when he hasn't got the pack killing it, it hasn't helped. And it hasn't helped the fact that as Bungard said, he doesn't seem to be someone who loves pressure. And that we could be totally wrong. He doesn't seem to be that guy though. And if he made the captain too, that doesn't help. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he, I think he's just a very unfortunate figure in the last few years of the NRL I think more than anybody else he's been hung out to dry by people in the media and and sort of put he's put out there as a pariah a like it makes no <laughs> sense dude like you're telling me that if you're telling me that if Ben Hunt had been like the Roosters seven this year that they wouldn't be a better team Like you're telling me that if Ben Hunt had been playing in the halves alongside Cam Munster instead of Jerome Hughes for the storm that they still wouldn't have won the comp like he's a good player like it's frustrating because he just gets such a disproportionately unfair amount of blame for things at a club where there are huge problems at a lot of levels. And it doesn't just begin and end with the fact that they're play, paying their number seven a million dollars to be, you know, probably playing at the level of a $750,000 player. So it's like, ugh, I don't know. Well, it's his opportunity now, right? Like he's been, he's been mm. paid the big bucks. He's well and truly into that that contract a few uh, like they've claimed like mary's gone hooks made him the focal point of this team being captain and the leader going forward so this is his team now like he'll probably be part like looking going forward he's going to be part of a lot of decisions for the dragons and that's where yeah we can we can leave what's happened in the past whether it's at the dragons queensland brisbane 
but this is where he can create his, I guess, legacy, right? Like he's he's got an opportunity now to go, you know what? Whatever people have thought of me in the past, doesn't matter. This team has, like Zach Lomax at the um, NRL launch is like, we love that everyone's saying we're Spoon. And this yeah. is an opportunity where they can they can go, you know what? Everyone thinks we're going to be the Spoon. So get the Spoon. So let's let's give it some. Let's let's try some new stuff. Let's not be the dragons that we've seen over the last five, six years. Yeah, I, I, I actually asked him about that. And he said, he's like, mate, you know, we're we're all equal first right now. And, and basically if you're not, if you don't think you can win, why are you playing? And, and it's a very fair point. Um, he also said that, that they backed the Ben Hunt captaincy decision hundred percent and that he was the only guy that was really deserving of that role, by the way. So at least internally, I think Ben Hunt's got support of people that maybe he doesn't have on social media or in the, in the media as a whole. Yeah. yeah that's a concern. I think with the leadership, like you were saying, how it was pretty much unanimous. It was like Tarek Sims and, and Andrew McCulloch was the other options. So that's something that I'm a bit concerned with, that the leadership around Ben Hunt is like, well, yeah. but it's an opportunity for the young guy. Like maybe Zach Lomax becomes a leader. Maybe Adam Clone steps up. Who knows? Like it's, it's, it's an opportunity there for some of these guys. Yeah. Like, and what you were saying too, Mitch, like Jackson Ford spent probably three years to play a full season. And so these guys have now been given an opportunity where they can step up and it's, and there's no pressure. There really is no pressure other than what's coming from the fans. Like that's it. So I'm, I'm, that's why I'm sort of optimistic. There are things that like sort of make me go shit. This could be a shit show, but on the other side of the coin, I think we're going to unearth some, some good talent that we can build around, build around in the future. Yeah, I do think the the Fay guy brothers you've got there. I probably said that wrong too. Someone will correct me one day. But those guys, <laughs> like, I hope you hold on to them because you just feel like they could be locked down an edge and be what we hope the Stanley brothers would be, or stay together like the Morris brothers didn't. You know, <laughs> there's something about brothers and the dragons, but you got to keep some of them together. And I'm, I'm fans of both those fellas. So hopefully, you guys get them in the first grade this year, playing some footy. Yeah, of the three uh, trials that we lost, I thought those guys were pretty good. Like they they looked. They looked good. Like they, they look like they're probably, I don't know, probably one year away of being, being in the NRL solidly. So I don't, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, I think that's the talent pool that we've got at our hands in terms of the South Coast in Illa Warren. Bungers knows that I'll bang on about that for years. <laughs> but they've got that. That's something that not many teams have. Yeah. Um, mate, have you got any games in particular penciled in on the calendar? Well, I was gonna say the Sharkies games, uh, round one, and I can't I can't remember what um, round the second game is. But with the McKinnis signing, I was like, how good's that derby gonna be round one? But unfortunately, but they're always good, right? They're always good. They're always the ones you circle on the calendar. I'm always keen to watch uh, the Seagulls, so I think we've got them round three down at Wynn Stadium. So, but yeah, I, I honestly, it's it's a bit cliche week to week. I'm just sort of keen to see where we sit when we play each team and see what Hook does. But yeah. I, I, I haven't mentioned it. I, I really like the signing of Matty Elliott. Uh, I think he's going to be amazing off the field for the Dragons. Yeah, he's, having worked with him, he's made. <laughs> he is. He's a character, Matty Elliott. Anyone who's anyone who's ever met him 
absolute character. And uh, he used to have a, is his website still alive? I've looked at that. He has a great <laughs> website. He, and he has he talks about crystals and all that kind of bullshit on there. I don't know if it's still there anymore. But, <laughs> but why not? At least at least you got it. Yeah, a character off the field can can be good fun in a season like this. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. So you've said obviously that you think that the dragons are finishing somewhere between fifteenth if everything goes badly and tenth if everything goes well. Um, who have you got in the grand final and who's winning it? I. You're going to love this, Bungus. Mm. I've got the Rabbitohs winning. Up the boys. Oh, here we go. Uh, so do you. Yeah. I've, I've so- <laughs> no, I haven't got premiers down yet. Oh, uh, you haven't listened to the South yeah, podcast. I, I may have um, told the people that you picked Souths to win the comp. But I haven't picked it properly. Well, there you go. Well, there you go. Well, you just went a full Gronk mode and you're out there. And Mitch's mum picked Souths and his, and his, and his partner. And- <laughs> Sorry, Brooks. Yeah, so Souths and... I think Storm, I did, I can't remember where it was, but I saw this Rabbitohs Titans vision with Jai Arrow, like on the front cover of the Daily Telegraph. Uh, but yeah, I sort of, I threw that aside. I think Storm, Storm Rabbitohs uh, will be the GF. I think it's the same, isn't it the same group of teams up the top there? The, I think the top so. five, yeah, top yeah. six that we've seen the last few years. I, I'd say so. I'd be cheeky. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've yeah. So I've got you guys fifteenth, uh, Mitch. You've got them. Where I think you've got them last, do you? Yeah, I got them wooden spooners, and uh, I think the part I know we've talked about it, but they're starting the year at like a million dollar salary cap disadvantage. They've got DeBellin and McInnes out for the entire year already. They're starting with that. They're starting with these another two million in their cap. That I I think Ben Hunt's a good player and he's worth his money just in a poor situation. But that's like Norman's other handicaps. Like this team is starting behind the pack for mine with that stuff. And that's just the sad reality of it. I don't want the Dragons to come last. But because, you know, my Dragons, I've always had a bit of a soft spot for them. My old man was a Dragons fan before the Broncos existed. So I don't want them to come last, but I haven't got much hope. And Brooksy has done a good job of trying to instill some hope in me. Did I get him up to 15th for you? No, no, they're still 16th. But I just, I just got concerns about like, then there's McCulloch's service and, what it's like now, and yeah, I don't know. It just—I don't feel like he's—he's he's gonna. He suits the rule changes. I don't think he—he makes the game fast enough. I'm worried yeah. about that, and then I'm worried about the pack. Is is missing one or two big whoppers, and then yeah. yeah, that's just it. And then it doesn't matter how good I think the guys like Lomax are and the Fago twins are, and maybe Bird bounces back. I don't think it matters how well they play if I don't tr- if I don't trust the key positions or the forward pack. No, hundred percent. I think yep. you make a valid point. There. Like it is, they, they, like you said, with the McCulloch and Bird, like they're just tammies away and knees away, and then there's not much depth there. It gets pretty thin pretty quickly. So if injuries take its toll early on, it could be it could get pretty bad. It could get a la Broncos last year sort of situation, but. I don't know. I think we've got we've got some positives there that can keep us afloat. But yeah, I, I'm just looking forward to seeing who who steps up this year. This is the big thing. I think we could we could see some young guys really step up and have breakout years and career best years. Yeah. Um, and before you get out of here, Nathan, obviously people can follow you on Twitter at Brooksy Nat. Um, but also I'd like to just talk a little bit about SCN because obviously you you took a little bit of a risk career-wise in going there when they started up a couple of a couple of months ago. So like last year, I'm sorry, and it's 
Yeah, and I, I've I've spoke to you about this privately before, but obviously I'm just stoked to see a sports radio network in Sydney. I've always been jealous of the fact that the AFL had that in Melbourne with SCN, and we didn't really have anything like that. So I guess how's it been going so far? Yeah, you, you're absolutely right. It was a bit of a risk, and um, I, I took it and I saw the promise. I got offered the job of producing Joel Kane and Brian Fletcher, two guys I've worked with in the past, who are just amazing people to work with. The, the ad breaks are just as good as the on-air <laughs> talking uh, and topics. So, like, what – and just – you look at who's there. There was Vossi, Matty White, two amazing hosts in their own right. Jimmy Smith, he's great. We've got Matty Johns on once a week. We've got – we're starting to get new content over the, over the winter period. So, there'll be new shows coming overnights and weekends – we're going to do a Saturday show, which is similar to, I guess, the um, the continuous call team. So we're going to try and 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 do or not necessarily new stuff, but provide something else there for NRL fans and another another channel. Um, yeah, there is a lot of Fox people on there, but we're trying to do different things and and, and create new shows. And I'm working with Steph Brands on a side project as well for nice. uh, women in sport, which is great. And I think that's the the potential there at SEN is is enormous and we're like there's a new channel starting up on the gold coast it was uh historically a, a track like a horse racing channel but now it's just going to be a sports channel where all the sydney content or most of the sydney content is going to be up there so yeah i, I jumped at the opportunity to be honest like a, i think it's a like you said it's been a successful company in the southern states they want to do big things in the in New South Wales and Queensland, and I wanted to be a part of it. So, yeah, hopefully we can provide some good stuff. We're getting good interviews. We've got got amazing people that have been coming on, and yeah, it's it's been exciting. Uh, does any anyone in particular uh, stand out as an amazing person who's come on as a guest? Uh, out of curiosity. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you did all right. You did all right. <laughs> if he'd said Nick Campton there, I would have just fucking quit the show. Oh, Probably yeah. Just... He, he's been, he's been God, he should have said NRL Boom Rookie's own Nick Camden. That would have been, <laughs> oh, <laughs> would have been done. Done. I'm done. Yeah, but but yeah NRL Boom yeah. Rookie's uh, Nick Campton has been amazing. <laughs> Great acquisition. Um, but yeah, mate, um, uh, we're what, really... So, Go on. No, I was going to ask you guys, like, what, what have you liked about, like, what's up, you know, I think this is an opportunity where it's not just us, but there's, because we're in there, it's, there's good competition now. I think there's radio yeah. I always saw as something that was sort of, oh, that's going to that's gonna die a slow death sort of thing. But because it's becoming digital and there's podcasts and there's cameras yeah. in studios, we see it with like Marty Sheargold, we see it with Hamish and Andy. It's becoming, it's, it's I guess it's revitalized, isn't it? Like yeah. It's becoming a, a, a cheap and, 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 basically free form of entertainment for people and i think i think the um i think that's the future right i think it, the future is like and i niche probably isn't the right word but specialty interest radio networks i think is the future in terms of like that because yeah. you don't need the world's biggest audience if you're sports you just need a dedicated listenership that's going to be there all the time and it's like that's why i don't really understand the appeal of like those morning fm radio shows where they just spout absolute shit in between like 400 ads for three hours and play like you know like two songs i don't understand how those still exist but with a sports network you've got a product where people know what they're getting they're passionate about it as well and you get that interactivity as well that they so 
yeah, the sports morning shows, sorry, those morning show radio shows like Bungard, it's like, mate, have you seen overnight, uh, the prince has got a new dog? Yeah, how about that's the news? Anyway, give us a call if you ever bought a new dog. Give us your dog stories. Like, here's 12 what? ads. Yeah, here's 12 ads. You come back, they interview three people like, man, I got a new dog last week. Like, ah, oh, yeah, mate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, he's, a, he's a poodle cross. Yeah, he's he's pretty good. And then we get the news break. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? That was an hour of content? Like, yeah, what? exactly. Uh, this That's pretty awkward because that's actually the start of my second hour tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, we've got time to fix it. Yeah, exactly. Thank goodness I did the podcast with you guys. Yeah, exactly. All right. Um, um, uh, I just want to give a quick shout out to the people in the top two tiers of our Patreon subscription. And if you want to support us, go to patreon.com forward slash NRL Boom Rookies. Um, well clear of the century now, Mitchell. We've, 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 we've breezed past 100 patrons and, and it's absolutely flying at the moment. It is, it is. And I was loving Discord for a while, but now everyone's annoying me. If you want to go out there and annoy me, <laughs> go join the Patreon yeah, the, Discord. the Discord's popping off. There's really good chat in there. And you've got until Thursday to sign up to Patreon if you want to be part of the Coltrane Cup tipping comp, which of course will have grand final tickets and a bunch of other prizes as well. It'll be a lot of fun. Um, check out Twitter. I, I, we retweeted it again. Uh, just check near the top, uh, top of our feed. You'll see a video on how it all works. Um, but a quick shout out to Dave, Carla Tyson, Wayne Ritchie, Stu, Frankie, Never Trendy, Dan Cullinane, Harvey G, Chris Slade, Matt Coleman, Chris Avnell, Maddie McPee, Michael Murray, Roxanne Clark, Warwick Ahern, Butsy, Ty, Simo, Jason, Matthew Duggan, Tom Hardy, Razor, Old Mama Bear, Jace G, Thor Laycock, Maddie Jenkins, Josh Brandon, Morgan Watkins, Doc Hogg, Ben Wallace, an anonymous backer, Leon, Cam Beswick, CTO, James K, Jay Carper, Ando, Adam White, Blake Moretti, Stephen Hickey, and Reese Brown. Thank you so much for your support. We would not be doing this without you. The anonymous backer is on the Discord too, while he hasn't said a word. And people people think they know who it is. And so far, every single person has been wrong. I told them it was <laughs> Russell Crowe. They didn't believe me. That's their issue. <laughs> Nathan, thank you very much for coming on. We really appreciated your time. Um, hope Love to get you back on later in the year, just to see, especially just to chat about the radio stuff and how it's all going and, and all that. And maybe if the Dragons are good, we can have you back on to talk about that. Or if they're really bad, one of the two. So, <laughs> so I'll, I'll see you in 2022. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> all no, right, uh, guys. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks for having us on. The podcast is awesome. You guys have been doing it for years and it's you know, for my first time on here and I, I feel pretty chuffed that I got the opportunity to talk about the Dragons on here. Yeah. yeah. Well, mate, you, I think you did a wonderful job and hopefully if our Dragons listeners hear this, they might come out of this with a little bit more optimism than they had yesterday. So, all right. Beautiful. We're done. Uh, thanks, Nathan. Say goodbye, Mitchell. Goodbye, Mitchell. And it's goodbye from me.